0: Church Sermon Podcast. Hey, my name is Brad Calloway, and I serve as the Youth and Education Pastor here at Unity. So this week, i want to introduce three key concepts to healthy rebuilding. At some point in some time in our lives, we have had to rebuild something. Today, we take a glimpse at Nehemiah and three main outliers that led to the rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem, and also the rebuilding that took place in his life. If you're in the Ashland or Tri-State area, we would love to see you. More information on how you can connect with us at Unity will follow today's talk. Man, you guys awake today? You you feeling good today? All right, so what I want you to do, let's start things off a little. So, So this is the blessing of having the youth pastor get to fill in, okay? You're my new youth group. Welcome to youth group all right yeah all right so what you're gonna do hey turn to the person to your right and just go hey Hey. Hey. turn to the person to your left and go what What? (laughs) everybody say "Jesus Jesus loves you and the big question do you believe that I see some people, they're just like, mm-hmm. Like they just built bit into a nice little morsel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I do. Um, well, this is good. This is good. Those of you who don't know me, I'm Brad. I serve as the uh, youth and education pastor here at Unity. Um, so today, uh, man, you're going to get a, I don't know, you're going to get this, okay? So... Feel free to laugh. Feel free to wave. Hey, the more that you fan, the cooler I get, okay? Um, So if you want to do it. Today I want to take us to a place where uh, you and I have had to do some rebuilding. We've had to rebuild something. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is to watch the process of classic muscle cars get rebuilt. Um, I could sit there and watch shows upon show. I can go to garages. I can watch, I just like, go, and I can watch a mechanic do his thing, like, hey, 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 you're not cheating me. No, but that's probably why I watched him there. But I can watch, I, can, I love to watch them go through the car and find the things to rebuild this thing to make it better than new. You know, you always hear that phrase better than new. Better than it rode off the lot, right? Um, So today, for most of us here today, um, there have been moments in our lives where some part of us have had to do some rebuilding. Uh, Maybe you're thinking, I I don't know, maybe it's physical, emotional, social, you know, whatever. I know, Jacob's sitting here looking is there anything that can rebuild this? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, not for him, but he was looking at me. He's like, there ain't no hope for you, bro. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. So, if you guys have a copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you to, to start heading over towards the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Um, Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. It's on my page 586, if you got a Bible like mine. Um, but hey, when you get there to Nehemiah, say, got it. Nice. Y'all are on it. Y'all are on it. Um, so what I want to f- do, let's, let's get to see where Nehemiah is at. So as you're there, uh, let's lay a little bit of groundwork where he's at in his life. So Nehemiah is a Hebrew. Everybody go, uh-huh. All right. So his people group are the who? The who? The Hebrews, right? also aka not jacob but israel right so he's part his people group they're the israelites uh, god made promises to his people known as let's get our bible scholars what's the promise that god would make to his people known as a what start sounds like covenant you guys are smart this is great hey i'm gonna tell pastor you guys are a plus okay um yeah, so it's a covenant. Some of these promises, covenants, they are based upon certain conditions uh, that they had to maintain to receive the blessings of God. Some covenants were conditional. We would call that a conditional covenant. If you obey, you receive the blessing from God. Like, if you were obedient to God, God would give Israel blessing. So the enemies, the people around them, would not overtake them. Uh, they would... They would, bless you. I love that. Steph does that. Um, hey, you get it all today, guys, all right? Um, so they get received. So like God will give them the land of their fathers. Their enemies will not rule over them. They would um, be together as, as one nation. So if Israel followed God, lived a life of repentance, he would honor his promise to his people. So throughout the Old Testament, God was always faithful to do that. The people were always faithful to be people. (laughs) So they would walk with God until their flesh got hungrier. And they would chase after something else other than God, namely false gods that would come in from, from other people groups that were around. Oh, you know what? Mm, I don't know. I think this God of love has got something going on here. Um, let, let's offer something to it. You know, here, give him your sandal. Let's see. Uh, and what had happened, that crept in. And as those things crept in, their hearts got harder. And you know what happens when you take one step away from following the Lord? You start the process of forgetting the power of God. You start the process of forgetting who God is and the power that He has. So, you guys with me still? All right. If you're with me, go, mm hmm. Okay, all right. all right. So, if they were disobedient to God, they'd experience slavery, being scattered among the nations, and more. So, this brings us to Nehemiah. Uh, Israel, man, they, they were caught in that not obedient state, right? And so they were exiled uh, from their own town. And so they're scattered. There's people scattered all over the place. There's, there's some people that are still there uh, in Jerusalem. There's some people that, but it, they're just everywhere now. And so Nehemiah, um, he's here. We, we come to Nehemiah. There was sin in the camp, and man, that, that caused part of this scattering uh, of God's people here. So we step into Nehemiah, and just to kind of give you a, a little summary of what's happening in the first part of Nehemiah here. Uh, what I want you to do, uh, I think we got a slide. Slide over to Nehemiah 1:3. Go ahead and throw that up there for us. Um, so Nehemiah gets into uh, Susa, the capital city of Susa. And there's a king there, King Xerxes. And Nehemiah, obviously, very smart dude, very gifted guy, uh, he was chosen to be the cupbearer to uh, King Xerxes, and so what has happened is his brother—he's got a brother—that comes to him, gives word to him about the people in Israel. So his his other—you know what we do in the church? We often call each other brothers and sisters, right? So his brothers and sisters are. Back in Jerusalem, there, and, and they said, This is what they bring to him. And they said to me, This is Nehemiah, because you know Nehemiah wrote the book, right? You with me still? Okay. Um, they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in what? What's it say? It's in what? Great trouble and shame. Great trouble and shame. The what of Jerusalem? The what? Of Jerusalem is what? And its gates are what? How are they destroyed? Okay. So, here we are. Nehemiah 1.3. We've got this message. How do you think Nehemiah felt when he heard this message? Good? Good? Bad, happy, sad. So, when you look at cities at this time, the cities uh, are broken down, the gates are all destroyed. You see, uh, the strength and fortitude of a city was dependent on its walls and gates. So, when you were a traveler, you'd come up and you roll up to a city, they had these big fortified walls, uh, big gates. You knew that, mm, whoa, okay, impressive, right? Impressive. Like these people, they control this area. Impressive. And for a city, that was a big deal. Um, Jerusalem, they could let people who they wanted to come in for commerce at certain times of the day, of the month, of the week. They could let certain gates open for certain things to do. Uh, a water gate. Um, you know, this is where we bring all the water. All the water comes through this. Um, they had all this. And when people saw this, they were like, man, that's great. So today, <clears throat> like in the city of Ashland, we we don't have walls, do we? I mean, we got a flood wall, kind of, that stops so way and then the water rolls around it and then, you know, it floods. <laughs> um, but today, our walls, uh, I guess you could say, in our city, are laws, public policy, um, economic development. We built these walls that when other other cities and other people look at us, that's the things that they look at. And then they determine, whoa, that's a strong city. You know, that's, that's a good city. That's a safe city. Um, so walls you know we build in our personal lives walls to keep certain people from getting close walls to keep our hearts from being hurt And there are many of us who have walls in place that purposefully keep the work of the Holy Spirit at bay So when Nehemiah hears this news, when he hears the, the city is in ruins, man, it, it's trouble. They're in trouble. They're in shame. Everybody around them is coming in and doing whatever they want. They have control. They're, they're in there. They're making fun of them. They're shaming. They're like, yeah, look what, you, what can your God do now? And so all of this is coming, and Nehemiah hears it, and it absolutely shatters his heart. He tells us that he wept and he mourned for days, and this happened in the months of, of November to December on our calendar. And he gets on his face before God, and we see that he, he repents. He even repents for his people. So kind of check out this with me in Nehemiah 1:4. Nehemiah says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before God of heaven, and I said, O Lord of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps the covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants. Confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which which have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them... Though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place I have chosen to make my name dwell there. Did you guys catch that? No. Okay. So let's, let's back up a little bit. Nehemiah gets the news. It completely breaks his heart heart you ever had a you ever duct taped your leg try it leave it on there and then have a friend come over and pull it off it hurts I'm just saying if it's real duct tape you know the cheap stuff doesn't stick but if it's real man it hurts Nehemiah hears this news he is broken and he hits his face before God calling out to the Lord Seeking forgiveness. And, and he recalls the promise. Okay, did you get this? He recalls the promise that God gave. If you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, God's going to bring them back to the place that who chose That Moses chose? That Nehemiah chose? That Abraham chose? No. Oh. It's the place that God chose. Okay? So God had a place for them. And if they come back to Him, He will get them to that place. Now, don't miss this. He says. To the place that I have chosen, and here's the purpose. Well, part of it. To make my name dwell there. Whose name is going to dwell there? Is it Nehemiah's name? Is it the nation of Israel's name? It's God's name, right? So it is, it's Him. Right? Let's just let's just jump into this pool. You guys go swimming often. You know how many of y'all are just kind of like the walk in kind of <sighs> okay. All right, that's cold. <laughs> A little bit colder. <sighs> okay. You know, uh, I oftentimes wonder. If uh, Moses, when he parted the Red Sea, that God, you know, as he w- walked out, like if he just kind of, that's that's cold, <laughs> that's that's cold, and you know, if he had to get like waist deep, you know, oh that's cold, you know, and then, you know, the sea parted. Well, man, some of us, uh, I'm I I just like to jump in and then like take the shock and then try to survive, right? Um, <clears throat> so let's just jump in. Uh, let's look at chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 8. So now that we know Nehemiah. We know where his heart is at. We see um, his desire. His desire. The walls are destroyed. The gates are down. And honestly, doesn't that kind of... Doesn't that kind of picture our heart? When we don't follow God, when we don't surrender our life to Him and live through Him, we let the gates down. The walls are open. And whoever and whatever can come in and out of my heart. And if it's good, if it's, man, addiction, addiction, if I'm a workaholic, if I'm a family neglector, whatever it is that, man, that it just has free access. Free access. Um, so let's jump in here. Two, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine was brought before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not... Uh, been sad in his presence. So behind, since he is the cupbearer, uh Nehemiah, his job was right there in front of the king and the queen daily, constantly. So whatever the king needed, Nehemiah would bring it to him. He was there. So the king obviously pulled something out. He needed something. Nehemiah had been, he does what we do so well. He 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 put on a mask, right? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything, but reality is like everything's not fine. Like this is not fine. Okay, um, I'm falling apart. Nehemiah is so broken for his people to come to God. He was so broken over his own sin um, that. Sadness consumed him And I don't know about you But when somebody is greatly sad And and just depressed and down You can read it all over them No matter how hard they try to hide it I mean you can read it And so he goes steps before the king He hadn't been sad in his presence So he's trying to hide He's trying to hold things together And the king said to me why is your face sad seeing that you're obviously not sick this is nothing but sadness of the heart then I was very much afraid he said I said to the king let the king live forever why should not my face be sad when the city of the place of my father's graves lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? Nehemiah says, so I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, And if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, and the queen sitting uh, beside him, How long will you be gone? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let the letters be given to me to the governors in the province beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah and a letter to Asaph the keeper of the king's forest and that he may give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy and the king granted me what I asked for the good hand of my who God was upon me So there are three things, you ready? Here are three things that you need to have when it comes to rebuilding. If you're ready, go, uh uh-huh. All right, hey, look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? All right, here they are. It's prayer, honesty, and it's community. Three things you need to have to rebuilding is prayer, honesty, and community. So let's focus on the first thing, prayer here. We see Nehemiah, his prayer in verses 1, chapter 1, 4 through 11. And then in chapter 2, verse 4, when he's before the king and he's fearful. The reason why he was afraid was because if you asked something wrong before the king, oh, buddy, he could be like, dry up and blow away. You gone. Like, if he didn't like how you responded to him or what you said, that's scary. I mean, that's scary. That scares me. Imagine if the president of the United States had that type of power. I mean, that's scary. That's scary. I don't like you. Dead. So, Nehemiah, he's there, and the thing that he that we see that he first does is that he prays. He remembers the power of God. What does prayer do? Why pray? Back in the mid to late '90s, uh, I was a student in our student ministry here. my awesome in-laws were, were the youth leaders then. We went to a camp and during the summer. And during this camp, we had a friend who came. He was a foreign exchange student and uh, what didn't know Jesus. I mean, he did not have a relationship with Christ. We knew that. And we've been praying for him. Uh, we said we've been praying for him, right? Um, just kind of like we, what we all do. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. And then we forget, and we don't really pray, but i um, praying for you. yeah, It's a Christian thing to do, right? <laughs> and that week at camp, I'm just going to say, God radically changed our hearts and our minds. So we are sitting on the next to last night from camp, and God had moved in such a mighty way within the guys in our group, and he did the ladies, too. But what was happening, we had no idea what was going on. We had some guys. We we're all wrapped up in one room, crammed up into a little dorm space at Liberty University on their campus. And I just remember it, it was late. We were supposed to be in our rooms. And uh, we were like, dude, we got to be quiet so Kevin doesn't know that we're in here so we don't like get in trouble. And we're We're all gathered up, and these guys are just sharing their hearts, man, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with this, I need help with this um you know my my dad passed away, and i'm just i'm i'm I really miss him, and we're there, we're all crying, and this guy gets up, walks over, grabs like the only chair in the room, pulls it over, sets it down. And we're like, what are you doing? And he goes, I just thought that God would, that God would just like to sit in a chair instead of be on the knees because my knees are hurting. And and we're like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's here, guys. The presence of God is here. And can I tell you, whoo, had a bunch of teenage boys who were literally on their knees, on their faces, praying for this guy to get saved, to give his life to Jesus. Because we remembered. We remembered the power of God. We remembered The power of salvation that he provides through putting your trust in his son, Jesus. We remembered that. And we prayed until about, I don't know. It was like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning because none of us had watches. We ended up falling asleep in there. And I just remember the knock on the door. Open the door and it was like whoa There's everybody everybody's in here. what What were you guys doing you know And we're like we were praying They're like, Right what were you doing no we were Praying um, And we drug down to breakfast We're all just oh man This is going to be a rough day And we get there and All the ladies are coming in They're like oh, dragging their feet And I never forget They're like what's wrong with all of you You know and we're like, oh, we didn't get to bed until late, and they're like, really? Like what time? And we're like, oh, it was probably like four, three or four in the morning, and like it was. I, I, right now, I've got goosebumps the size of walnuts on my arm. That they said, what were you doing? And we were like, oh, we were praying, and we were praying for Frank. That he would give his life to Jesus. And she went, Whoa. The exact same time we were doing the same thing. So, like, we didn't have any cell phones or anything to bleep, bloop, like, hey, we're all praying for this guy, pray. You know, no Instagram, you know. Hey, we're praying for this guy. Pray. Totally a God thing. We remembered the power of God. They remembered the power of salvation. And they prayed for this guy. And uh, I could tell you that night, the invitation was given. And he didn't get up. And our whole group literally locked arms. (laughs) We look up. One kid looks up and goes, He's gone. Where'd he go? we need to praise God for a man like Kevin Riddle he's standing down front takes him in and I'm telling you buddy whoo. the party that was already happening in our pew <laughs> in our chairs there with our group we didn't even know what Frank was going up for We were just hoping, hoping, hoping. And we're all looking at the door, waiting for him to come out. I remember seeing Kevin come out, Frank come out. He's got his arm around him. And Kevin just does this. And... Frank shared. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Nehemiah experienced prayer. He humbled his heart before God. He saw himself as a sinful broken man that he was and he sought repentance. And, and repentance is a, a, a word that we like to say in church but oftentimes time we don't like to live it. Repentance is I'm going one direction, but whenever I repent, it's saying I'm not doing that anymore. I'm walking away from it. I'm not doing it anymore. And this was Nehemiah. Prayer humbled his heart before God. He he looked to turn away from all the sin in his life and turn to a most holy and righteous God and His reconciliation. Secondly is honesty. Why honesty? Honesty is always the best policy, right? Had Nehemiah lied to the king and queen and all of those who served with him, who I believe they really knew his broken spirit, would anything had happened? Would Nehemiah been granted permission from the king said oh yeah dude no yeah go 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 back to your land go rebuild it dude here's the supplies go do it would that have happened i don't think it would have not through nehemiah god would have moved on to another person to fulfill his work listen Don't let that happen. Don't farm out the work God has called you to do and desires you to do and desires to do with you and through you. Don't farm it out. When we are honest with others, it builds trust. And trust is important. How do we know that we can trust God to be honest? The God of all creation or how can we trust jesus to be the savior of all of mankind or the holy spirit to be alive and active in every believer he's honest his word is truth and we can build an an immovable foundation of life upon him and his word thirdly is community Why community? Without community, Nehemiah most likely would have not been able to keep up the race at the pace he needed in order to compete with the adversity that came. Now as you read through the story of Nehemiah, you find out there are some people who like the freedom of coming in and out of the city, who liked that control, to be able to have control over the Jewish people. And what happened was when he got permission from the king to rebuild, uh oh, there was a shift in authority. Now Nehemiah had authority over these strangers. And they did not like it. Absolutely did not like it. This is why community is important. Without community, it wouldn't have happened. Because Nehemiah couldn't build it all by himself, it would be impossible. I know you're thinking, well, all things are possible with God. <laughs> well, things are. Because why? He's awesome. He's omniscient. He's, he's all-powerful. But no man is an island. 10th Avenue North has a good song. No man is an island. In Genesis 1:26 through 27, we find out that God creates community in His creation. He saw that everything was good except for one thing: it was not good for man to be alone. So He created a helper for man, and that helper was a genuine female. You know, Adam was like waking up and, how you doing? Right. And so the same word uh, that the Old Testament we find through Psalms, uh, that we find through uh, Esther, the same word that describes God as helper. Here's a nugget for you is the same word in Genesis that is described of Eve. So, community. God creates it. It's important because when life's best moments hit, you get to celebrate with your peeps. But when life's hardest trials are pushing us to the ground, we can cry, we can pray, we can reach our hands out to the people around us. They help us rebuild the walls that have been broken down. They help replace the gates that have burned to the ground. And by God's grace, community has our back. You, you may be thinking, well, Brad, this is great and all, but you just don't know. You don't know how bad the destruction is in my life. You don't know. I, I can't rebuild Listen, you can rebuild, but you need to understand it's not you who needs to do the rebuilding. Just like God had a place chosen for his people, it's him. He's the one that has to do the rebuilding. What does that require of me? To allow God to do the rebuilding. It means that I have to give it to him. I've got to pray. I've got to seek him. Real quick, turn with me. uh, We'll close with all this. uh, To 2 Corinthians chapter 5 or verse 17 we'll start there Um, when you're there say got it Uh, if you're following the screens you're there hear the words inspired by God coming from the apostle Paul he says therefore if who is in who hey turn to your neighbor and say that's Jesus all right, he is a what? The old has what? Behold, the new has what? How much of it? All this is from who? Who through Christ, turn to your neighbor and say, "Us." Jesus, reconciled us to who? And gave us the ministry of what? Let's follow to the next verse here. That is in who? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's Jesus. God was reconciling the world to who? Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to who? Now the us here, who is the us in this passage? So those of you who know a little bit of background here, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, to believers and he, he's in the process of trying to get them to understand we have put to death flesh we live in Christ we live for Christ therefore we are a new what he makes us new the old is what it's gone The old is gone. The new has what? You remember? The new has come. So, he entrusts, this is crazy, this ministry of reconciliation. What's that mean? What's that mean? Nehemiah gave us a great picture. When he heard that the walls fell down, They're down. The gates are burned. What did he do? He what? I heard it over here. He prayed. He prayed. And in that prayer, he repented. He asked for forgiveness. He's like, Lord, take away. If I've done anything wrong, please, please, please forgive me for it. Forgive me for it. I know. He saw God as holy, and he knew. It's like I can't, sin can't be there. Lord, I need you to rescue me from this. Forgive me from it. So he is entrusting us reconciliation. Reconciliation. To be made right with God, okay? God was reconciling the world to him, to God, not counting their trespasses against them. Guess who there is? The world. <laughs> All mankind. And he entrusted to believers the what? The message. What is the message? It's the gospel. It is not just the good news, it is the greatest news. Has the greatest news penetrated your life today? What's the greatest news? Well, the greatest news is that Jesus gave himself on a cross for you. For the, everything that you think, say, or do that has displeased God, lying, stealing, cheating, all that, anything that displeases God, he went to the cross for you. But you're saying, but that happened years ago. Like I wasn't even born, absolutely, because he knew you were gonna be born. Guess what? He knew you were gonna be here today at Unity Baptist Church. He knew that those of you who are watching online, that you'd be watching this stream. He knew that you would be at this point. And he gave himself for you. Because he loves you so deeply. We need a rescue plan. And his name was Jesus. But he didn't stay dead. Scripture tells us three days later... He rose from the tomb. Not under the power of men, but under the power of God. So, if God can raise dead men, literally, he can raise a dead soul. Therefore, and when you see therefore, you always got to ask, why is it therefore, right? Okay, so therefore, what does this mean? We, who is we? Believers, we are what? Ambassadors. What's an ambassador? Pastor Heath talked about this, I think it was last week. What does an ambassador do? Represents, right? We have ambassadors for our country that represent the United States of America, that represent our belief system, that represents our policy. That rep- So we are representatives, the people who carry the message, that carry this message of there is hope. You don't have to be bound in your trespasses. There is hope to be in a place that God needs you to be, that he calls you to be at, that he wants you to be at. You could be there. We've got the message for, for who? We're ambassadors for who? Turn to your neighbor and say, ask Jesus. God making his appeal through who? So God is using who to send the message of hope through who? Everybody say, me. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Jesus. That's Jesus. To be reconciled to God. The power of the gospel will rebuild tattered beaten walls the power of the gospel makes you a new man by being made right with God through believing in Jesus' death burial and resurrection you have started the process of being rebuilt and I know that people in our company today that man we need to be reconciled I know that We've got believers here today that are like Nehemiah that need to be reconciled. My question is, what are you waiting for? Is it because, for those of you who are believers, is it because you have forgotten the power of God and who He is? Or maybe those who don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, so I can be made right with God. And it doesn't matter what my background looks like. I don't have to be holy or get my life straightened up to a certain point before I can... Before I can ask him to be my Lord? That just doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't in our eyes. I'm going to tell you that's what unconditional love is, it doesn't matter what your past is. doesn't matter what your past is he offers that forgiveness to you without prayer, honesty and community the rebuilding process of who God has called and destined you to be will stay in ruins Without prayer, honesty, and community, the rebuilding process of who God has called and destined you to be will stay in ruin. So there's three things I want you guys to just kind of think about here. Identify what in your life needs rebuilding. If my relationship with God needs to be rebuilt, then start that process prayer, being honest, and joining in community, right? Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Thirdly is pray. <laughs> Be honest. And get in community. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Y'all okay? alright Yo, If you're okay, go, uh-huh. All right. God is great. He really is. And I'm going to tell you, Whatever brokenness that you have He can heal Whatever walls that have been destroyed Because of decisions Bad decisions, unhealthy decisions Man, He can renew Won't you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this day. And God, right now as we we ask ourselves, what are the things in my life that need to be rebuilt? Maybe it's relationships, Maybe it's starting a relationship with you. God, I pray that we would understand that for us to start this rebuilding process, man, we we got to talk to you. And we can't kid anybody, we've got to be honest. We've got to understand there is a community there's a community here to help from all of us here at Unity we just want to say thanks for spending time with us today if you'd like to know how to surrender your life to Christ or if you'd like to share a response visit us at www.unitybaptistashland.com we would love the opportunity to help you in your next steps you can also connect with us on Facebook at UBC Ashland If you like what we're doing, don't forget to like and subscribe and share our podcast. Until next time, let us give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people.